Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jake Kerr. I'd like to welcome you to the Black Ink Podcast. Today is episode number 85, if you can believe it or not. I'm going to tell you a story, okay? Because just recently I have, as I always have on the go, a new t-shirt or a new design or something fresh on the way. You can't just be... I think something to stay relevant as a brand, especially in 2022 in this current climate of like everyone being super busy, uh, along with the fact that every other brand is always coming out with new things, you know? So the, the old kind of... Uh, system or skeleton that brands used to follow is they would release these seasonal, you know, like here's our summer release, here's our autumn release and so on. So they'd do four collections a year and they'd fill those collections with new things. Obviously, I mean, I can do that sort of thing with Black Ink, but in a more real sense, it's quite unattainable given how much attention has to go into that and how much upfront money you have to have to do that. And obviously, like I'm someone who likes to solve problems. So I don't think it's completely unachievable. I think it's unrealistic to do that sort of structure with the business that I'm running at the moment. It kind of gives me more fruitful results when I release one thing at a time. And I really focus on selling that one thing. And it's not even like selling that one thing is the most profitable thing for me to do. It's more that selling one thing at a time allows me to really get intricate with why it's selling or why it's not selling. Was it something that, is it the product itself? Is it my marketing? Is it something that I'm personally doing? And when you do this individual piece by piece release, you are always busy and I will admit, I'm kind of always chasing my tail and I'm always experiencing the same problems, which kind of suggests that it's more my procedures that have a problem rather than the procedure. Like it's more the way that I do things is a problem rather than the problem being external and me always facing something different all the time that's being given to me because I'm doing different situations. But with that said, even though I am facing these problems, it's because I've chosen to take this route which allows me to experiment with the process every time and see if I can like hone it in that works really well for not only the product that I'm trying to sell or the products that I'm trying to sell, but also for the people who are buying it. Because I'm trying to tailor make my whole experience around the people who want to buy black ink. What do they appreciate the most? What do they value the most? And then getting that to them as efficiently as I can, obviously on top of the product that I'm selling, whether it be a t-shirt or a sticker or whatever. So this most recent one, this most recent product that I'm going to release, which is a shirt that I'm releasing next Wednesday, which is the 2nd of March, 2022. Make sure you mark that in your diary. It's going to be released at six o'clock in the morning as everything of mine is. Uh, this particular product is the first product, this t-shirt is the first product that I've uh, brought to the market by kind of giving myself a little bit of time to play with. So this, uh, if you listen to all my podcasts, you're going to know I'm very, you know, like have an idea, execute it that day, sell it the next day. So I'm very like, if we have the, uh, resources, we have all the elements and we have everything we need to make the situation happen, make it happen as soon as possible. Because you don't want any ideas sitting on the back burner until you don't give a fuck about it anymore. You have to strike while the iron's hot, especially when you're a one-man band, and you have to get it done and get it out of the way. So with this project, I kind of I had this design being worked on, I think we started on this about two months ago or six weeks ago now. So I've kind of had this cooking in the background. I was fucking around with the field tea. I had the Valentine's Day tea, which is on the horizon. And then with this here, I kind of had an idea of what it was going to be super early on. I knew when I wanted to release it and how I wanted to go about it. So I pretty much mapped all this out in my little productivity pack, which I've spoken to you about before, how I want to do this. And obviously with any great plan, you figure out what you want done by what date, and then you reverse engineer all the steps to make sure that like, right, if I'm doing this on Friday, this means I need to do all these things on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You can open up your diary on Monday and go, right, today I need to do this. Don't worry about the rest of the job. Just worry about getting this done. Tomorrow we're going to worry about the next thing, but right now we just worry about this. 
and it allows you to execute these smaller segments of a bigger project more efficiently and sometimes you even get ahead of yourself so that you're actually by being efficient you create more efficiency within the efficiency it's, it's like almost addictive when you start getting good at getting ahead of the curve so <clears throat> what I've done with this I gave myself plenty of time to do all the finicky back-end work you know so like making sure the mock-ups are like perfect making sure that the website has the product made it's ready to sell rah 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 I also uh, gave myself enough time to actually print a sample and wear it for a bit and wash it and figure out whether it's all gonna you know well obviously I mean when I say give myself enough time you'd be like oh yes would you give yourself a month or so I gave myself three days you know what I mean so that allows me to get it wear it for a day, actually fucking wear it, see how the print feels and stretches and all the rest because they all act differently. And then obviously put it through the wash, have it dried outside in the sun where people are most likely going to dry their shirts and see how everything responds to it. So basically I had it all set up for this week. So I had the design late last week. I was getting the design to my director garment printer, which that's the only thing that I can't do as far as garment create, as far as like printing on shirts go. I can screen print, I can heat transfer, um, I can finish tees, whatever you want, but I can't uh, do direct to garment because that particular piece of equipment is $30,000 plus all the surrounding experience and knowledge you need for something like that to execute it really well. So I still outsource that, but I keep it in town. I pay a little bit extra than what you would on a, you know, if I was getting it done over East or whatever. But the fact is I can go and chat to the guy who does it for me and, and I have that relationship with him. So I give him the direct to garment uh, I, sorry, I give him the blank shirts and I give him the files on Monday morning. I said, when he goes, when do you want these? I said, I want them this afternoon. You said last week you could hopefully knock them over in a day, if not two. He goes, come back tomorrow afternoon. I'll have them done for you. I'm like, okay, Tuesday afternoon. So that gives me from receiving the shirt to bringing it to market eight days, which is fucking heaps of time, considering I can do all of this normally in two days. Not well, but I can, I can do it, right? So I get a call. Today's Wednesday at the moment, just to give you clarity on what, what's going on. It's Wednesday afternoon, late Wednesday afternoon. And I got a call yesterday about just before midday from uh, the fucking DTG guy. And he goes, and I'm expecting the call to say, hey, man, your shirts are ready. Come pick them up. And he goes, oh, I got some bad news for you. I'm like, what, what's happened? And he took the real fucking long way of explaining that basically the shirts aren't going aren't to be printed today. He said, I've had this technical difficulty. The head on the printer is gone. So I've already replaced the head once or twice before. So I'm going to buy a whole new machine. I've already bought it. It's going to be here on Monday. I'll have you shit to you Monday afternoon. And I'm thinking, so I'm going to get this late Monday afternoon. Okay, we have to assume that more likely Tuesday morning because he's got all the jobs that he's got to finish plus my jobs now. So I'm going to say Tuesday morning and I'm going to bring this to market by Wednesday morning, how the fuck do I promote something that I don't have pictures of people wearing, that I don't have like any idea of what it looks like in real life? I don't know whether it actually works yet. So I thought, okay, it is what it is. Sometimes in business, when you're making 15 of those types of decisions a day, you have to stand back and go, it is what it is. And I'm going to sit that. I'm going to keep the burner on over here, but I'm keeping that on the side burner. I'm not even going to let that sit in the front of my mind because it just is what it is. Unfortunately, I mean, there are products that I've released in the past where I look at it and go, well, this is a good product. And people have told me after the fact since it's been released, which is months ago, that it's a great product. And even people have gone along and be like, I didn't even know you had this and then bought it. And that's because a product is only as good as your ability to market that product. People are only going to buy it if they know about it to begin with, and it makes them feel a particular way. So you have to make sure, well, I have to make sure when I bring a product to market, I need to explain and communicate to my customer, hey, here's a new product. 
okay? I need to promote it, I need to display it and advertise it in such a way that that customer wants to replicate the feeling that they feel when they watch that ad. So when they experience that ad, they go, oh, if I owned a black ink shirt and I was wearing it, that would make me feel X, Y, and Z. So then it's your job to make sure that you can somehow communicate that message in your pictures or videos or stories, whatever it might be, so that the customer then gets attracted to the idea of purchasing this thing and you're withholding it from them. You go, it's not even released yet. It's released on Wednesday, but when it is released, here it is. And obviously, obviously, the whole point of this is to do that effectively. You want to have time on your side because you don't want to be making these decisions as like, okay, just chuck on the shirt and stand um, by the fence over there and we'll get a photo and you know, and instead of getting a really good result, you get a picture of someone wearing a shirt that was obviously taken in a rush where you can see the person who's taking the photo shadow in the foreground of the image and you're just like, hey man, I thought you ran a brand, you know? So obviously this then crunches everything for me and is gonna give me the same result that I've experienced before with particular products where I'm like, I think this is a great product and I actually know it's a great product based off my experience with releasing products in this niche, in this area to my audience. I know this is gonna do well, but I also know it's not gonna do well because I just don't have the time to execute exactly what I wanna execute and how I wanna execute it. So I was a little bit disappointed. I was a little bit disappointed, but that's all right. I went out on my Grom last night, which if you don't know, I bought myself a little 125 Honda Grom off this guy in Bustleton, which is literally like half an hour down the road, right? These Groms go for like 4,000, I think they're like 4,000, four and a half grand, something, I think it's 4,600 on the road. And this dude sold me his Grom, which is a 2020 Grom. It had 90 kilometers, nine zero, that's it. Not even a hundred Ks on the clock. And he sold it to me for three and a half grand or three grand, one of the two. And man, I bought that thing. It's like got wheels this big, man. Like it's a five, four-speed gearbox, 125cc. I mean, this thing revenants hits off in fourth gear, does 85Ks per hour going into the wind. Like this thing is just a bigger moped with a gearbox. You understand? So perfect for learning how to do wheelies on, which I've been doing. And I've been doing it consistently. This is a thing, man. Like I've, I've like clicked into this higher gear in my character now where I'm just like, oh, if you want something, the thing between you and getting it is your idea of it being available. Like it's literally just the energy that goes into firing up your imagination in such a way that you can see yourself doing it and therefore you believe it's within your future and you just carry out all the steps that it takes to get to that thing and then all of a sudden you're doing it. And like I've wanted to do a wheelie on anything with two wheels, whether it's a push bike, motorbike, you name it. Anything that can pull the front end up over the back end, I've wanted to do that since I was fucking knee high to a grasshopper. So with doing wheelies, every chance I've got, I've always tried to do wheelies, but because my dad is so fucking um, like by the book and disciplined, like I'd try doing wheelies on my road bikes and he's like, when I say road bike, I mean my cycling road bike because I used to be a cyclist, cross training for speed skating. It's another podcast, but I would try and do a wheelie on that. He's like, I don't spend fucking, you know, two grand on a bike that's meant to go fast on the road for you to try to do wheelies on it and fuck it. So, of course, unless it was a specific thing for doing wheelies, I never let myself kind of learn. I didn't really, you know, bring the front wheel up because I always thought that if you slam it down too hard, the front forks would snap off or something. But anyway, long story short, I now have a Grom that I bought specifically for the purpose of learning how to wheelie. Okay, I bought a CRF 50 a couple years ago for a thousand bucks. And that thing spent more time on one wheel than it has two. Like literally, because it was mine, I bought it for $1,000 and it's a 50cc so I can completely control it. You're like, yeah, I'm going to 
pull the front wheel up every fucking chance I get because why wouldn't I? It's my bike. I like doing wheelies. But you get to a certain point where you're like, hey, man, doing wheelies on a 50 is boring because I can't get my feet on the pegs because I look like a fucking praying mantis trying to fuck a 50cc bike. So obviously the next advancement was like a 110cc, but then when I pieced it all together and obviously started hanging out with crew that does cool shit on motorbikes, the 125cc Honda Grom is the perfect option because it's got a gearbox, it's got a clutch, Obviously, it's a real bike setup. It's not so small that I can't ride it. And as it turns out, it's got a passenger seat that comes up just a little bit. And when I sit on that, it's as if the bike is actually my size. So I've been going out, if not every day, every other day, for about half an hour to an hour at a time. Usually, it takes me a full uh, album of The Weekend's Dawn, which I kind of reviewed or you know talked about a couple episodes ago. Um, it takes me about one listening to that whole album before I'm like exhausted and want to go home and my forearms fucking burn. Oh, hang on. Sorry, I got 20% power on my phone left. So now I'm at this point where like I can actually uh, like foot drag wheelie. So I can get it up into that balance point where you're relying on like the accelerator and the brake just to kind of keep it there. And like I can recover it from going too far back. I can recover it from dipping too far, too far forward. So I'm at a point where I'm like super comfortable on the Grom, but to like level up where I'm kind of at, I only just got brake control last night. So I've got to a point where like I've had it balancing on that point, but I've never like pieced it together that you've got one side of it accelerating back and then bringing it forward is the brake. I never kind of had that click in my mind. I've always like had my foot resting on the back brake ready to bring it forward if something bad does happen. And I've done that before. But now it's like I can bring it forward in the wheelie and recover it with the accelerator. And that all just clicked for me last night. So I'm like, holy fuck, just on an absolute high. I was meant to be out for like half an hour last night. I was out for like an hour and a half, just fucking thrashing the fuck out of this Grom. Like it's got 540 kilometers on it. Like 300 of those have got to be on just one wheel in first gear being revved the fuck out of. Like this thing gets its first service in 300 and what something kilometers time. Like literally they're probably just going to pour out the oil and be like, bro, this is mostly metal shavings. Like, what the fuck are you doing with this bike, you know? But that's what I fucking bought it for, okay? Okay? So when dad says like, oh, you know, the bike's half fucked, well, that's how it's meant to be, okay? I'm big boy now. I play whatever fucking radio station I want in the car when we go driving. You know why? Because it's fucking my car now. Or oh, I was just about to say bitch then, but I would never say that to dad. He punched the fuck out of me, you know? So anyway, I get a good sleep last night because I was riding my Grom so much, right? And obviously, your boy's been working out in the gym, okay? Been working out, because now I've got a gym in the shed, there's no excuse. And I've imagined in my mind, me being a big jack juicy cunt, so I now have to go and train every day until I become this you know, figure that I've made up in my imagination that I want to become in the future, right? Not super juicy, I just want you to know that I've got shoulders, you know what I mean? Like I've never had shoulders, I've never had that upper chest, my, my shirts have always just kind of dripped off me as if it's rain coming off a fucking illy fit gutter. I just want to have a little shelf here. You know what I mean? So maybe daddy's lying in bed. I can, I can sit a cup of espresso on there and just tilt it with the pec flex. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. Not huge, just appropriate. You know, I just want your girl to look at me and then you look at your girl and be like, the fuck? Oh, no, that makes sense. Look at him. Look at the shelf. Do you see the shoulders? Bro, he's got fucking like six teardrops a leg. His legs are insane. I actually want my girl to go and fuck him, you know? It's too far. So I got a good sleep last night because of the wheelies. And, oh no, <coughs> wow, that was a weird feeling. 
woke up this morning to an interesting message. So the guy who designed all this for me, which if we rewind a little bit, his name is Mitch. He is a designer for Jetpilot and offered so graciously. Actually, I think I reached out to him and I said, hey, dude, like, I like your style. What would it kind of cost to... And I didn't realize he was a Jetpilot designer at this point. I just came across his work on the gram through... I mean, his, as it turns out, he's actually friends with fucking everyone over on the East Coast that rides motorbikes and takes photos. So I was like, kind of weird that I didn't already know him. So anyway, kind of linked up with him. We got talking, organized a little arrangement. Actually did a pretty cool swap. So... I, um, I printed out some stickers for him. He, I printed out fucking heaps of stickers for him. And I'm not saying that in a in like a bad way. I'm saying that in a way that like I don't want people to think that like I printed out a few stickers for this design. It's a fucking hectic design that I got in return, but it's a hectic amount of stickers that I had to print as well. So a fair trade. Um, but yeah, we've been kind of working on this in the background. He got me this design super efficiently. So we kind of knew what we were playing with, as I mentioned earlier. And he messages me and says, hey, where are we? I'm like, bro, you're not going to believe it. My fucking printer, my DGT, DGT printer is ordering a new machine because his head's blew up. So now I've got to wait until Monday. And he goes, bro, we've got printers here. I've got, we've got every resource under the sun as far as a photo shoot models, people who are keen, rah, rah, rah. We can organize this for you. And I was like, look, look, like, honestly, like I know how much of a head fuck that is when I'm the model and I know the photographer. You know what I mean? Like that is actually a head fuck. Trying to organize people our age to do something is, it it's impossible, you know? So I'm like, super cool. Don't at all think that's the case that, 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 that you know, that you sh don't even worry about, it, you know what I mean? He's like, no, 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 let's, let's do a bit of research. Talk to these people. These people should be able to print it for you. I'll figure out the photo shoot side of things and uh, just see if these people can do it. And I called them up. They couldn't do it. They recommended someone else. So I called them up. They don't answer the phone. And Mitch goes, well, here's the name of the photographer why don't you have a chat to him? Uh, you know, he does all this rah-rah. And I looked at him, I'm like, I already follow this dude. We follow each other for like the past like fucking six months. And then as it turns out, his like fucking housemates, like I know them as well. As it turns out, uh, one of the, like the dude that he lives with, Tutty, is like, uh, we did, like if you may have seen the video on Instagram and Facebook of me standing up on the seat of my Harley and doing like the seat stand on the back of my Harley as it's going along doing 80Ks an hour because I'm a fucking Lord, you know? He did that for the first time the same day as me. We did it on that Saturday. I was fucking wild. So anyway, his missus um, models Harleys and bikinis and looking hot and all the rest. Will does his bit. They've got another friend, uh, Taylor, who's also going to be at this photo shoot. And as it, sorry, this photo shoot that I'm talking about as it turns out, they had already, had already organized for tomorrow night. So they're like, there's this photo shoot going down. You know, Dales is going to be uh, fucking shooting it. There's going to be Miss, uh, Miss Throttles, her Instagram name, and someone else. I was like, this is fucking crazy. We just need to organize a guy. And then I've got my models. I've got my photo shoot. Just need to make sure we can make the fucking the shirts, right? And then I get a call back from the place that I called. And they're like, hey, what's up? I said, can you do this? I need three shirts. Here it is. Here's the mock-ups. Here's the files send it through to them, they send it back, fuck yeah, it's gonna cost fucking heaps, but we can definitely do it and be done by tomorrow. So, now, tomorrow at three o'clock Queensland time, Mitch is gonna go and pick up these freshly printed shirts for me, he's then gonna go drive to the photo shoot, he's gonna be my male model, then we've got two female models there, and they're gonna do a photo shoot, then I'm gonna have all of these photos ready to go by Friday morning. Hey, that's fucking awesome. I can't believe that. Like. It completely fucked my day, but for the greatest possible reason. Like, that's just awesome. Because now it's like, 
sure, it's it's like a lot of effort, you know what I mean? And like, like realistically, I'm I'm actually relying on a lot of people to do a lot of work that you really have to show up for. You can't half do these jobs. You can't half do a photo shoot. You can't. He can't go and like maybe go and pick up those shirts. He's got to drive to a place that is away from where he's going, and then change his plans tomorrow night to go to this photo shoot to then go and model this shit for me, dude. It's actually hard if you're a reasonable person with integrity to understand why anybody would do this for you. And it's hard for me to say this because I'm the person who's in this position, but if I was to have a guess, and this isn't what this is all about, I'm just, you know, you know, I don't have a list here, I'm not reading anything, there's no prompter behind me, right? My fucking phone is stuck to a magnetic phone holder on top of my vinyl cutter and printer because I record this on my iPhone 11, okay? But it's because I showed up, you know, like I'm fucking there all the time. Like we can talk about the psychology of it. I mean, the fact that I post every day on Black Ink, if you follow me, the likelihood is you see me all the time. You know what my message is, you know what's going on with Black Ink and not because you're reading all the shit and you're paying attention, but because my omnipresence is always apparent. I always have a story for you to watch. I've always got something different for you to look at or participate in. And then within those difference, I've got categories of things that some of them might be really interesting to you and some of them might not be, right? I'm always there. So to make that decision on the other end and go like, do I want to do something for Jake? Well, shit, I feel like I know Jake. And even if I don't, he's doing something. You know, he's actually doing something. And I was talking to a close friend about this literally, you know, an hour or two ago. And I said, you know, how does it, how does it weigh up, you know, like, how am I meant to feel okay with someone doing that for me? And once I do feel like how, how do I justify it to myself? And he said something along the lines of what I've just said in a different way and kind of reinforced that. And he goes, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of sad that like not everyone does that for everyone starting up something new, you know? And I think one of the parts within that is also like, I've now been doing this for so long that you're not betting on a horse with the, 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 the like only walks, you know what I mean? At this point, you've seen the horses run. You've seen the horse run a race, not win, but he's finished. You know, you know that the horse knows all the procedure, goes into the gate. It knows when the gate opens, it's meant to run. And then it knows it's meant to follow the fucking jockey into ever, whatever it wants to do. Go fast, slow down, turn left, push in on this horse, whatever it might be. You know the horse is all right. And I think something that people need to realize, especially when they get these pie in the sky ideas, especially when they want to start a clothing brand, don't ever fucking start a clothing brand. Not because it's not uh, like, not because it's not like cool or what, it's just not what it seems it is, you know what I mean? And not in a bad way either. It's just a fucking lot of tedious work that people think is really fun, but it really isn't. You know what I mean? Like people, oh yeah, I love the creative and design process. The first 10 times, dickhead. Like that's not like that, like that's, and that's not even the fucking, the, the, the majority part of it. You think making all these cool designs and coming up with new ideas. Yeah, it's all right. If you've got a team of people and you're fucking whipping out good ideas because you've got great minds working together. But in reality, that's like 5% of all of this shit. 60% of it is marketing. 60% of it is getting the fucking copyright in your caption when you go to post something every morning. It's just making sure your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted so that when people perceive you, they're not going, well, this cunt can't even spell. They're actually listening to the message. They're taking on board what you're saying. They're putting value in what you're saying, right? And to answer my mate's question who said, you know, like, well, not question, but statement, you know, like it'd be cool if more people treated more people starting things like they're treating you, you know? 
And the reality is if we did that, we would have no money left. Because as ambitious as everyone might be, there are a lot of people starting a lot of things that we know are not gonna do anything. You know what I mean? Like that little lash business that you're operating out of your back room probably won't go anywhere. The reality is your, your dog grooming business is gonna last six months and then your main gig is gonna take over and you're gonna go, yeah, I'll get back to that in summer and then you never will, okay? Why? Because you also have a gym, shed, gym, a gym set in your garage that you haven't used for two years. It's just how people are. They don't have that. They do have that other gear in their character that I'm talking about, but God damn, it takes some discipline to get there. I'm not saying it to blow myself up. I'm saying it because I had to fucking work to get it. And now I've got it. I'm so scared of losing it that every day I have to prove to myself that I'm a bad motherfucker who deserves to have that gear, right? So if we go and support all these people who have thrown their fucking line out in the water in hope that they're going to find that gear somewhere out in the lake of fucking imagination or existence, whatever works in that sentence, right? If we support every one of those fishermen, well, fuck, man. A lot of them aren't even using bait. A lot of them don't even have a hook on the end of their line. They're just throwing a line out there with good intention. They have no plan, right? I think the reason that these people are doing these things for me is because they go, well, he's been around for so long that I guess we can trust that this is what the effort that we're giving into this is a part of something greater. The effort will be appreciated. The effort will be valuable, right? And in that, I have to understand that they're not doing this for me. They're doing this for black ink. They're doing this for almost an idea of what I am, right? And it's funny because, you know, I, I think all the time, I constantly go over this and I've talked about this in the podcast before and I think I've even summarized what my conclusion is and it's silly of me because I always change it. But I'm always asking myself, what is black ink? What am I trying to achieve? What direction does this take? I don't fucking know. The only consistent in this whole thing is that I'm always there, that I seem to always have one of my hands, you know, attached to the metaphorical steering wheel of black ink. But I mean, as you know, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, that this ship is constantly changing directions. And at the moment, I mean, most of my uh, attention and income is focused on social media uh, marketing and management. It's understanding how this like completely new way of marketing yourself uh, operates and being able to best create content for whoever it might be, Black Ink, other businesses, people that I'm trying to help, friends, whatever, trying to make really fucking sexy pieces of content that make people feel something, you know? So when I consider what Black Ink is, I get confused because I go, well, I also on the sideline have this wicked love and passion for communicating and talking and, and having people be involved in something that's greater than just a conversation, you know? And it's like, well, I want Black Ink to be that as well. And then every now and then I release something that does really well and people are like, holy fuck, this shirt is so cool and I sell heaps and heaps and heaps and they just don't stop selling. And then I, it, it dies off and then all of a sudden a month later, I sell another half a dozen or something and I'm like, fuck, you know, like maybe Black Ink is actually a brand. But dude, who fucking knows what it is? And then you've got people who are willing to contribute their time and energy and expertise in helping me get this, you know, uh, I guess it's essentially at the end of the day, just pieces of content together so I can best market my product. And you go, well, what does that mean to Black Ink? How do I feel about Black Ink now? It's just an interesting question, you know? Anyway, 
on the subject of black ink this Saturday morning at nine o'clock in the Bunbury Forum car park just behind McDonald's, I'm going to be hosting a car park window banner sale. Now, it's one of those things, I don't know if I've said it too many times in my mind that it doesn't make any sense anymore, like a, a word that you read over and over and over and over until you are like, I'm not sure this is a word, I'm not even sure those are English letters, you know? But it seems to me there's a lot of words in car park window banner sale that almost seem contradicting to each other without being contradicting. Does that make sense? Like if you just kind of squint your eyes a little and kind of just blurry think about car park window banner sale, you're like, oh no, there's definitely like a juxtaposition in there somewhere, right? No, all those words make sense. But basically what I'm doing is I'm selling those big fucking window banners from 30 centimeters all the way up to 1.3 meters. I'm, I'm printing out a whole bunch of different ones and I'm taking them to the car park. I'm gonna have them all ready to apply. You rock up between nine and 10 o'clock in the morning. We're gonna have uh, music there. We're gonna have Macca's coffees on the go because we're right next to McDonald's. I might even have a motorbike down there. We'll fuck around a little bit, maybe a push bike. Some people can do some wheelies and shit on. We're just having a hangout. We're selling some window banners and we're fucking, we're applying them for free as well, which is super cool, I think. So you can come down, you can pick out your favorite, pay for it. All of them are $30 or less. So they're super cheap. You can pay cash, card, PayPal, Bitcoin. You can suck me off if you want. And then I'll put the fucking banner on your car for you. So you can leave there with an extra fucking 15 horsepower. Thanks for coming. You know what I mean? Pull up to that fucking red light. All of a sudden your car shakes and you're like, I don't remember getting this thing canned. And all of a sudden, what pulls up next to you? Competition, baby. Whoa, whoa. And you can let them know now because you just got yourself a black ink window banner for $30 and applied for free. So let's go all the way back to where I was talking about at the start at releasing things all differently and being able to experiment with the delivery, how they've received, how much money you make out of it, rah, rah, rah. This whole idea tomorrow is got nothing to do with selling banners. Okay, so this has got to do with what happens when we make a pop-up out of fucking thin air based around anything. Okay, so I know that if I make a pop-up out of thin air based around people bringing their motorbikes down to come and do wheelies and burnouts and all the rest, we have a very select few people that are confident enough to follow through with that. You get a dozen people say they want to come. You get six people on the day say that, yep, I'm coming. And then you get three that show up. And dude, even if you're confident on a motorbike, it's scary to go do things in front of other people who are trying to do things on motorbike. Because at the end of the day, you can literally get there and the first thing you try can break your neck. That's what we do, right? And it's not that you know people break their necks regularly, but when you're playing with fire, you are every now and then gonna get burnt. So I get that that's a bit of a hard thing to sell, but window banners, dude, you're telling me I can go to Bunbury Forum car park and pay Jake 30 bucks or suck his dick and get a window banner applied? Crazy, right? So I'm seeing a few things. I'm gonna print out a whole bunch of different window banners that aren't on the website. So it gives people an idea of like, not gives people an idea, it gives people an option of like, oh, okay, some of these are gonna sell because they're just not on the website, they're exclusive to like a concept sticker. But if I sell one particular banner heaps more than the rest that aren't available on the website, then you go, right, that is one that needs to go on the website. The audience have told me this is what they want because at the moment, the audience have told me out of the very select things that are available, they definitely want them. I sell heaps of these banners and it's effortless. People just love them, right? So I'm thinking, let's make a whole bunch of different options. Let's see how people respond to each of these. And hell, as far as I'm concerned, these banners don't cost me anything. So I would much rather give people banners super cheap than they may be half set on. I'm like, look, just leave it on your car for a month and then peel the cunt off for 20 bucks. I would much rather do that than keep that banner here at home for whatever, because 
being completely transparent, you put a banner on your car and you're like, that's sick. I've got black ink on my car. Everyone knows I'm part of the clique. It's cool. I've got a black ink sticker and you don't. Okay. But you've also got a sticker that covers up your whole fucking window that's got my business name on it. It's the best possible marketing you can imagine. Because the thing is, you wear a black ink shirt. That's cool for everybody who experiences you physically within two or three meters of being around you. Correct? You put a banner on your car. Well, that's every red light you stop at. That's anyone who drives past your work. That's anyone when you go into the cafe and your car's out on the street. That's anyone who drives past the cafe. And it's so fucking big and obnoxious. You're going to pay a lot more attention to that than a small little print on the front of someone's shirt. And you're like, oh, what does that say? It's got an X instead of an A. What does that mean? Oh, is it pronounced Blixes? Yeah, it's not. You know. But... I'm excited because I just want to see what sort of uh, turnout we're going to get. So I went super hard. And this is the thing you're like, oh, okay, cool, cool. You know, prove to me that you're about this. Okay, then I'll tell you how about this I am. I started doing this like fucking five days out. So to have this happen on Saturday and for it to appear like a last minute pop up that I came up with on the Wednesday beforehand, I started putting in my stories just pictures of banners, windows of, uh, you know, videos of people who have got banners and driving off out of my place. So people are just like getting the illusion that there's already heaps of people with banners that are already out there, okay? Then yesterday, I talked to the camera on my story. I'm like, hey guys, I got all of these spare banners. I'm gonna print off some more, I reckon. If I had like a car park banner sale, who's keen on coming? And I put a little poll up, right? So 30 people respond, fuck yeah, I'm there. And two people say no. And both of them message me and say, sorry, man, I actually meant to say, yeah. So this morning I get all those things that I put on all my stories, all those pictures and those videos, and I put them into one post and I say, you guys asked for it, here it is. Car park, window banner sale, Saturday, nine o'clock in the morning, Bunbury Forum, behind McDonald's in the car park, okay? There's gonna be new stickers, old stickers, yeah, yeah, I've already given you the rundown. So I post that and then I put that up to my story just to make sure that everyone gets it because I was a little bit late getting up out of bed and on top of that, I was organizing all this photo shoot shit, right? So I then post that to my uh, story and then put another story up saying, uh, you know, I'm going to be here. Sorry, no, on that story. Fuck, man, I'm sorry. This is terrible. On that story, I put underneath, I'm like, so window car park sale. I pretty much just, you know, summarize the shit so you don't have to go into the post to know what it's about. And then I say, plus, if you've got a cool idea, let me know. And I put the little questions thing up so people can put, you know, an idea in the questions thing and it comes through to me. What do I do then? Oh, then I go and message everybody who replied yes, saying, hey, just so you know, I thought, fuck it, why not? I'm going to have this car park sale. Here's all the details. So I message all of those 32 people. And then I go and message all of my friends in my phone. Oh, and then I go and make an event on Facebook and invite everybody in my Facebook list that appropriately makes sense, right? So tomorrow... I'm then going to share the story again, uh, the post again, and I'm going to get another poll saying, oh, yep, definitely come and I'm going to be there sort of thing. And then that gives me another list of people to confirm. Obviously, I'm not going to double whammy those people. And this is part of the process. Sometimes it's tedious and it takes a while. But at the end of the day, let's say worst case scenario, 10 people show up. And then now those 10 people, two people buy banners. Okay. That means that I've got 10 diehard fans. That means there's 10 people who would change their plans on a Saturday morning to come and do something with black ink rather than whatever they have planned. Okay? Let's say best case scenario. I probably messaged 150 people about this today. What if 100 showed up? 
What if 100 people showed up at Bunbury Forum Car Park around a fucking 2011 PK Ranger, three litre turbo diesel in pristine condition for 380,000 Ks on the clock? It's a joke, okay? But there's just people pooling around that beautiful white space cab Ranger just begging me to put fucking window banners on their cars, holding cash up, trying to get my attention. Jake, Jake, Jake. One person's got a megaphone just talking nonsense about the rapture coming and we all need to repent, okay? Best case scenario, there's motorbikes in the background doing wheelies, they're not wearing helmets, no one knows who they are, no one even asks for them to show up, but no one's telling them to leave either, right? Best case scenario, there's women there wearing bikinis and they're saying, hey, have you got any like BX nipple passes so we can rid ourselves of all this upper layer of clothing and just let ourselves be free and in the black ink spirit okay best case scenario i try and only be there an hour but i'm there till fucking midnight making bank applying banners okay best case scenario but either way i'm gonna be there at nine o'clock on saturday morning i want you to be there i don't want you to be there for me i want you to be there for you I want you to have a fucking cool banner on the back of your window. And I do, this, you, you think I'm saying this to the podcast? No, bitch. I'm saying this to you. This is a message for you and your car and the potential that it has for a window banner that says black ink across the back of it that I applied for you. Absolutely fucking brilliant, isn't it? Fuck's sake. Now I've got 10% on my battery. Man, I swear to God, I thrash my phone and my AirPods so hard. The battery life of my AirPod is ridiculous. My... <laughs> Dude, so, okay, okay, okay. The little show and tell time without showing you anything. anything. It's just going to be all tell. So, basically, it's just tell time. I go to sleep watching uh, reruns of The Office, naturally, because that's what any fucking, you know, a normal person does, I guess. You know, I went to sleep watching The Simpsons when I was a kid. And, you know, I don't know, it's something to do with, like, the flashing lights and the sounds in the background makes me feel like the fact that I'm falling asleep isn't as important as it is, so I don't get so anxious about it. I kind of let, let myself just be like, oh, yeah. This is like, you know how when you're doing a training course and you're not meant to be getting tired and falling asleep at 9.30 in the morning when you got there at quarter past nine? Be like, because of the fact that I'm not meant to be falling asleep, it makes it so much more irresistible to, like, you know, to not fall asleep. It's kind of like when you're not allowed to laugh, but you just literally can't stop laughing at the dumbest shit. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. But definitely something about falling asleep to something. And this is the thing. I can't just fall asleep to whatever. It's got to be, I have to be falling asleep to something that lives within a set of rules. You know what I mean? And like The Simpsons lives within a set of rules. It's the same like 70 characters. There's only ever special guest appearances every now and then. And I knew all of those ahead of time because I've seen all the episodes. I know all the words. I know all the storylines fucking... You're not going to catch me out. You know what I mean? So, you know, like, okay, you're never going to see anyone who doesn't have yellow skin. You're never going to see anything outside of like the realm of the Simpsons and pretty much out of the realm of Springfield. And if you do, it's like, it's still within the Simpsons ruling. And there's something about the office that even though you've got your, I think there's like six or seven episodes that exist outside of the office setting, like, like for the whole episode, they've got like hospital visits and, you know, when they go to like Gettysburg and anyway, it's not important unless you watch it. And I'm talking about the American office because the UK office is terrible. I had someone be like, oh, but you've got to watch it. Yeah. Casey, if you're listening, he's like, you've got to fucking, you got to watch where it came from. The office, the, the US office is based off the, the British office. Hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't care. Okay. Cause it's shit. And I watched the American office and it's better. It's better. Okay. So I just don't want to hear any more about it. But you know the office is always going to happen within the office. So 
you know, I, I, I've watched all the seasons a hundred times. It's all good. I know it's coming. So I like to fall asleep and I like to lay on my left ear because, <clears throat> well, it's not even necessarily my left ear. I just like laying on my left hand side because it's like, you know, it's not as important as the right hand side. If I woke up and my right hand didn't work for whatever reason, you know, like I slept on a nerve or something, then, you know, I'd be fucked, you know, everything from wiping your ass to having a wank would be ruined. That's everything. Right hand gone. So I sleep on my left hand side. And that means that I've always got my right he- right hand, my right ear, earbud in, right hand earbud in, because if I, you know, lay on my left side, so that's the left ear fucked, and I have that in, and then in the middle of the night, I'll take out the earbud and put it back in the AirPods case, or most of the time, I just will fall asleep and it'll fall out somewhere, and I wake up in the morning and hope the dog hasn't eaten it. So I now have a right hand earbud that has the battery life of a fucking you know, uh, a Nokia 3300. So basically this thing, if it's not being used, needs to be on charge. And if it is being used for a long period of time, expect to only be listening to some shit through your left ear. And that's all good. You know what I mean? Because I fucking made my bed, so now I'm going to lay in it, right? I'm not going to complain about it. Oh, Apple should make, no, dude, you should use shit normally and then you'll get normal results, okay? I am the master of my own destiny. And also, did you know that in the setting in your phone with the time, with the stopwatch and the countdown timer and the alarms and all that, your countdown timer has an option in there that says, at the end of this timer, what do you want it to do? And one of them is stop playing. So I've got this thing where I'm like, right, I set a timer every night where I'm like, you know, if I want to be asleep asleep by this particular time, it means I have to go to bed at this time. I set my timer so that if that video turns off before I go to sleep, well, then I have to go to sleep without the video. Or because I'm an adult, I just set the timer again and pretend like the first one ever happened. So that is actually a pretty fucking powerful thing because it means that you don't have episodes just rambling on for hours and hours into your sleep. It kind of means once you fall asleep, that turns off, you roll around, the earbud falls out, you know, and then you just dream about how scary shit, like not being in control of like how close or how far away from something you are. And why is that scary? You know, like, I don't know if anybody else has that. And I've spoken about it on the podcast before, but just being so far away from something, but it seems like it's hell close. What's going on? It doesn't make any sense to me. You know, I had this fucking dude, people talking about dreams is literally like, you may, may, may as well be speaking another language, you know, and you're like, Oh, then I fucking, I was on the table, but the table was made of water. And as it turns out, I looked at my hands and one of them was heaps bigger than the other one. So I thought to myself, I'll flip myself like, dude, none of this makes sense. No, I don't know what you mean. I can't relate to any of it. I've only dreamt about normal things, you know, like people that I met once somehow fucking knowing deep and intricate details about me, you know, which by the way, by the way, I had this fucking, I was thinking about this the other day. This is crazy, right? So my fucking third night in Colombia, which, oh, I just remembered a cool part of the night as well. So my third night in Colombia, I was like super scared still, you know what I mean? And I was like, I think it's one of the only times in my life where I'm like, bro, you can't drink too much because if you drink too much and do something stupid, you can die here, you know, like, and I'm not saying that it's, it's easy to die there. I'm saying it's easy to die for someone who doesn't know the things they can and can't say or do or whatever it might be. So anyway, I get there. I'm having some drinks. Uh, we're playing dice and which by the way, learn a game that you can do with dice or cards and make it your shit, just in life. You know, when you go traveling, when you go somewhere, even if I go up to Perth and I've got a set of dice on me, it's like life is heaps easier if I interact with a stranger that I wouldn't have to, but am now attached to for a period of time. So I had these five dice and I was teaching them dice and we're drinking and rah, rah, rah. 
and uh, got talking to this chick, and I forget her name, but she had black hair, and I don't know what her fucking name is, you know, just someone who's real artistic, and, you know, she, she was rich, and her boyfriend was rich, but he was in Paris or something, and yeah, with the off chance you're ever listening to this, whoever that chick is, I, I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. Anyway, so she, uh, fuck, it's like I almost do know her name though, but it's not important because even if I do, it doesn't add any more value to the story. We could call her Greta at this point if you really want to. So this Greta, who had black hair and a rich boyfriend, she was, uh, she was like the one who didn't fit in. You know what I mean? Like all of us, you know, like if all of us were blokes, it's as if everybody had a beard and she didn't, you know? It's like, okay, I get it. Like you're doing your thing. You're like, you proved you can operate a shaver and like we can't or something. Anyway, we get talking, uh, you know, she's friendly enough. She's whatever. She's staying at the same like hostel. And like, I've met two other Australians at this point. One of them was a Kiwi, but claimed Australian, which I get, but also not cool, dude. He fucking, his mate, the actual Australian was pretty keen on her. So they fuck off and I'm like, you know, cool. You know, you know what I mean? Like people like go do their own thing. Like I don't know anyone here. You know, I'm in a fucking foreign country by myself. Don't even know why I'm here anymore. And I've got 27 days ahead of me. Like, hey, go and fuck her, bro. I don't care. So, dude, now it sounds like I've got a problem with it. Okay, dug myself a hole. So, I'm like, fuck yeah. I was drinking something that I don't normally drink. And I think that's where I fucked up. But anyway, I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm pretty wrecked. You know what I mean? We probably had like four or five of these spirits or whatever they were. They might even be tall beers. It was just something different. And of course, it doesn't really matter what it was. It was going to be different because you're in Colombia, you know? So I'm smoking cigarettes and playing dice. And I remember the sun went down. I'm like, I'm going to go back to the hostel because not I'm too pissed, but it, you know, if I stay out and I get any more pissed and I don't know where the hostel is, I'm going to be stressed out. So I go back to the hostel. I was staying on the top level of the bunk. Because, you know, in hostels, there's fucking 150 people to a room and they're all like bunk beds, bunk beds. So you have quite, it's really weird, actually. You get such a, um, it's like, because obviously you're not there out of necessity. Like everyone chooses to be staying at a hostel and you're on this kind of 80% of you in this traveling mindset. So you're just like, hey, like, what are you doing? Where are you from? What's the plans? And that's really cool. Like, I love that. But it's also just like, also... You know, like, you know, you can't wake up in the morning without a sheet covering it because you're going to have that, you know, fucking big piece of wood hanging out. And you don't want just anyone else to see it. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to be kind of, you know, aware of the fact that you're surrounded by strangers. And at the same time, like, because you're in Colombia by yourself, also keep your belongings close to yourself. You know, make sure you got your passport, any drugs that you've got, that big piece of wood I was talking about. Make sure it's all close to the body and safe. So, or, you know, in a safe or in your bag, which is also safe, whatever it might be. So uh, I, and this is the thing, even when I'm fucked up, your boy's clean and hygienic, okay? So I've climbed up into bed with my jeans still on and my shirt still on because I'm so clean and hygienic. But I, 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 I remember putting my shoes next to, um, not next to, but like kind of in the same parallel fashion as what homeboy sleeping under me put his shoes. And I was like, sweet, everything's nice and neat, this is good. And in his shoes, there was his wallet and his glasses and something, you know what I mean? Just after I've said everyone looks after the, you know, has to be safe. But at the same time, I've been there three days. This guy also, for whatever reason, had his wallet in his shoes. And I know his wallet was in his shoes. We'll get to that. So he had a bit of shit in his shoes, including his wallet. So I'm like, I'm like, fuck yeah, you know, <clears throat> gonna go to sleep. Everything's in my pockets. I know I'm all safe, you know. So I go to sleep, got my dice, got my phone. Du-du-du. I'm like, <clears throat> like that, right? <clears throat> okay. I'm like, I'm going to throw up. I'm not going to throw up on me because I'm clean and hygienic and that's gross as fuck. 
So the ladder's at the end of the bed, right? And then at the end of the bed, where you get down the ladder, the door is fucking, you know, six foot away in the dark with, you know, 75 other bunk beds in the room. So then once you get out the door, you then, I remember this, you've got to negotiate down a hallway, down a set of stairs, and then the toilets are, you know, kind of around the corner, around a little bend. And in there, there's three stalls um, and there's two basins. Okay. And the hot water only works for 90 minutes in the morning. So I've fucking mathematically thrown all this together in my brain in about half a second. Actually, it was exactly the amount of time you've got in between going and throwing up. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to make it. So your boy just tilts his head over the end, over the edge of the bunk bed and just fucking throws up, right? Because it's not in the bed. It's not going to get on the bloke below me. It's not going to get on anyone else. It's just going to go on the floor and then I can clean it up in the morning, you know? Because I'm a respectful guy, okay? Because I'm not going to fucking just leave it there. I'll clean it up in the morning because obviously I'm pissed at the moment, okay? So... I've thrown up over the side of the bed and I'm laying there and I'm like, well, my gums are stinging because I've obviously got fucking stomach acid on them because I've thrown up. I guess I'll go and clean this up, you know? So I've gone off the end of the bed and I've kind of looked. I'm like, oh, that's a little bit of spew. That's okay. It actually felt like more than that, but that's okay. So I'm like, go outside. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like that, you know, and it's come. I'm like, I'm going to spew again. And just as a fucking footnote to all of this when i need a spew i know like fucking 14 days in advance i'm the best spewer people have seen me spew and actually asked if i've got a professional history or some sort of record or certificate in spewing because the adjective of me spewing is gracefully okay it's elegantly it's naturally organically as if i was born to vacate my stomach via my mouth okay I am such a good spewer and also at controlling it and being like, you know what? I need a spew, but I'm going to finish what I'm doing first. I'm too invested in eating this spaghetti to ruin it with spewing right now. Okay, that's me. So, rewind, go back to the part where I'm outside. I'm outside at this point. I'm going to spew again. All good. Because I'm next to the railing. I'm like, well, I'll just, I've already done this fucking 45 seconds ago. You just lean over the railing and spew. So I've spewed over the railing, you know, heaps of it, acidic, acidic spew. You know that, that alcohol spew? Like, I don't like the smell of alcohol. I don't like the taste of alcohol. I don't like it going down. I don't like paying for it. I don't like fucking any of it. And now the shit's coming up out of my nose and burning the fuck out of everything, right? Probably landing on the cement and just leaving a little fucking burn stain down there as well saying, fuck you. I make it to the toilet. I have a couple more spews. And I'm like, oh, good. I think I'm going to be fine. I'd probably actually, you know, dance with the devil here because I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning with no hangover because I don't have any fucking alcohol left in my stomach. This is perfect. So I drink a fuckload of water. I try not to slip on any of the seemingly residue or water or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I mean, like, admittedly, though, this is fucking late because I went to sleep. I was good and woke up like that. Okay, so... It was like middle of the night, people are in bed vibes, even though I got back before that, right? So I go to sleep. I brush my teeth, I went to sleep. I woke up the next morning, 
uh, and woke up early, you know, because that's the thing, you never really sleep in there because you're never really fully asleep. I just kind of came out of the comatose I was in because of the alcohol. And as it turns out, I threw up in his shoes. And when I threw up over the side of the, the balcony there, I threw up onto an umbrella, you know, one of those massive big square fabric umbrellas. And as it turns out, it was acidic as fuck because it stained a fucking spew mark into that umbrella, probably to this day, okay? Now, when I say I threw up in his shoes, you would think that I dropped a funnel down from the top fucking bunk into his shoes, into his wallet, because there was not spew anywhere else. It was as if the shoe fucking captured all of it and was like, don't worry, floor, I've got this. That little bit of spew that I saw the night before when I fucking got up to go spew some more, dude, that was just the fucking splashback, right? That was just the shit that couldn't be contained in the shoes. It was insane. This dude's wallet was a fucking fish at this point. It was ridiculous. I literally couldn't believe how much spew got into his shoes and nowhere else. So that was good. At least we didn't, I, I didn't have to clean the floor too much. You know, I've been in Columbia fucking three days. Now I'm out of pocket a pair of shoes and a fucking wallet for this dude. I never even met him, you know? Like, never even met him. All gravy. And then I go and look at this fucking umbrella. And don't forget it. This It's not like I found out as soon as I woke up. Like, oh yeah, like you throw up in some shoes and you throw up on an umbrella, you know? This is one of those things where obviously it was the guy sleeping above him that threw up into his shoes. At this point, the umbrella could have been anyone, Right? And we've only got 149 other people in the room that can testify to me throwing up in his shoes. So at this point, luck's on my side, right? Well, no. So, I go outside and I didn't really know anything about it. I think I fucking even made it to breakfast and I was like, oh, did you hear about someone threw up on the umbrella last night? It's like, what? Where? Where's their umbrella? You know, because it's one of those places where it's not like there's just umbrellas everywhere. Columbia is one of those really like everything is indoors and outdoors at the same time like you walk into a big door which opens you up into a compound which is outside and then that has many rooms which lead to inside you know and then even then the windows have no fly screen or locks on them and you're like oh so we're just outside all the time you know all good but within that you know you have like all plants big plants and shit inside and there'll be like you know umbrellas where you know the two o'clock sun comes straight down and the humidity in Colombia is fucked so and it's probably not i'm just sensitive you know little little sissy boy sensitive to the humidity so they have these umbrellas up and as it turns out the particular placement of this specific umbrella that i vomited on just happened to be directly below the balcony of which the room came out of where i was staying oh yeah someone's spewing this umbrella my dirty cunts should make him pay for that eh? and i'm just like in a bad mood already because i'm like i gotta go buy some new fucking whatever they were you know golf shoes i don't i don't i don't even know i don't even know you know and a fucking wallet <clears throat> so it's all good. And then I like start, oh no, I think I asked where the umbrella was because I didn't know where it was. And then, you know, fucking you hear the little Kim Possible realizing like, oh, there's probably an umbrella. I bet you I threw up a second time last night. I've fucking thrown up on the umbrella. They're going to figure this out that it was me. Fuck. So I'm like, oh yeah, that was me. The umbrella underneath the balcony there, right? Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that was me. I've got to go tell them about it. They're like, for real? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, nah, fuck off really and i was like yeah dude yeah i fully spewed on it it was one of those things where i'm like do i spew in the garden nah seems weird i don't want to be known as the australian guy that you know fucking makes the garden smell like spew and that and to be honest with you i kind of just made it to the balcony and i saw the umbrella and i was like it's easy to clean an umbrella than it is most things so i thought go for the umbrella and they're just like i don't get any of your logic good on you 
So yeah, basically dealt with cleaning off that. And they were cool, man. They're like, nah, just clean it off. It'll be all good. We'll get the fucking cleaner to do it. If there's anything that we need from you, we'll let you know. Never heard from them. Also left that day as well. So kind of makes me look like a prick at this point. Anyway, the whole point of the story is that chick that the that I was talking about the night before, I ran into her in Perth like last year. How fucking crazy was that? I was just at a pub and she's like, is your name Jake? I'm like, fuck yeah, my name's Jake. You know? Like someone asks your name and they get it right and they're a stranger. It's like, oh, you follow me, don't you? You know me and I don't know you. That's how it seems for me anyway. <clears throat> She's like, your name, Jake? I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember me? I was like, I, I guess, you know, like you look like a person that I've probably been around before. And like at this point, again, I'm not being a dick, okay? I, I went to fucking three high schools in this town. I've got skating behind me. I ran a mobile coffee business for four years where I visited 20 businesses a day, all with plenty of staff. I fucking, I lived in Europe for a year. I've traveled extensively through Europe and fucking China and New Zealand and all these different places. (laughs) You know, before that, I lived in fucking eight different towns up north. I've lived, you know, I've just got so many different like groups of people in my mind that it's like, you know, if I recognize you, it could also be because you look like someone out of home and away when I was a kid at this point, And I wouldn't be able to piece it into whether it's contextual with my life right now. So maybe I've seen you before. She's like, no, no, no. We played dice in Bogota in Colombia. And I was like, there's no way she could know that because I didn't post anything while I was in Colombia. how do you play the dice game? And she's like, threes are worth nothing. Everything else is worth face value. I'm like, this bitch actually played dice with me in Columbia. And I'm like going back through my mind. I'm like, do you have a rich boyfriend? She's like, nah, well I did at the time. Yeah, but we broke up not long afterwards. I was like, really? She goes, yeah. I'm like, damn, you met me in Columbia. And that was the point of my stories. I met someone in Columbia and then I ran into them again in Perth. How fucking cool is that? The world's extremely big, but also extremely small. I remember this one time, when I lived in Holland, what we would do, I lived in this town called Hiddevein, which is spelled H-E-E-R-E-N-V-E-E-N. Who spells a town like that? I lived in a town called Hiddevein. And every now and then we go to Amsterdam because Amsterdam's a place to go. It's kind of like visiting Perth if you're in Bunbury. It's like Amsterdam is kind of just down the road. And obviously it's Amsterdam. It's beautiful. It's a worldly location that you can put photos up from and you know seem like you're doing something crazy, which you are. You're in fucking Amsterdam. I wish I was in Amsterdam right now. Not for an extended period of time, just for a bit, you know? So in Amsterdam, and I remember we used to have this pizza joint we would always go to because supposedly it had the best pizza. One of, one of our friends, Daniel, was always like, oh, and that's Daniel Yao, okay? Not Daniel Gregg, just in case you're one of the old school crew. He's like, oh, always got to go to this pizza joint. So he used to go to this pizza joint. The only thing I remember about it is they had one of those, you know, those bins that have have like a lid and then within the lid is the little flat that you push and it goes backwards and forwards and the rubbish drops in. It was one of those but made out of chrome. And that's the only thing I remember about that shop. So the pizza can't have been that good, you know? I remember sitting there and this dude walked past. I'm like, that's Rowan. That's Rowan. So I went outside and I've like gone around. I've like followed him a bit. And then I'm like, Rowan! And then he turns around, like, as he looks, he's like, kind of looked past me. And I'm like, holy fuck, that's Rowan. And I've gone back into the pizza shop and I'm like, how do you know that guy? I'm like, that cunt was in my music class in year nine, hey, in Bunbury. Like, really? I was like, fuck yeah, dude. And it was him because I called his name out and he looked back. And, you know, you know how when, like, you know how when you know it's someone, sometimes you're like, oh, fuck, that could be. That's like, no, that's Rowan. Like, Rowan walks like that, you know? 
And like, cool, it could be his doppelganger or it could be Rowan. I think I'm betting on Rowan at this point because he also responded to the word Rowan. So yeah, it's just weird that I've had those situations where, you know, crazy. And like, also when I was in Colombia, hey, how's this for fucking bizarre? Okay. When I was in Colombia, I ran into the brother of a chick that I used to hang out with all the time. Like her and I were good friends, hang out with her all the time. Never had anything to do with her brother, right? Then all of a sudden, like I had an idea that he was in Colombia. I got into a lift in a hostel in Medellin, got into the lift, it went to the second floor and then he walks in and I'm like, Sky. And he's like, Jake, what the fuck? Hey, then we ended up spending the next week traveling together. How fucking crazy is shit like that? That's wild, man. Anyway, I've gone 15 minutes over my time when I thought I'd have nothing to talk about. Came into this totally unscripted, and that's just the magic of Black Ink. Thanks for signing in. I'll see you next time. I am out. Yo!